0: Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we. Uh, I guess the outlines don't look exactly like they are uh, from one week to the other. The only thing is, that's what they are. It's just the same thing I've been doing week after week. I wanted to see if you guys caught it. <laughs> just kidding. It's kind of the same kind of format up there at the title. I've kind of given three titles. Communion with the Triune God. Because we're uh, borrowing a lot from uh, John Owen. and John Owen was a Puritan. John Owen lived in the 1600s. John Owen was English. John Owen was a real good friend of John Bunyan and John Owen had a lot to do with John Bunyan's book, Pilgrim's Progress, being picked up by a distributor. I guess you could say back at that time, getting it published and uh, getting it out. And the rest is history. But John Owen did a lot of other things. And of course, he wrote a classic book here which we happen to be kind of studying on and dealing with communion with God and communion with Christ. You think it's prayer, really, but it's it's just all day every day living and thinking about the things of Christ. So some of these things we'll be talking about tonight you go, "Oh, well I I do that." Some of this is automatic. It's part of your life that uh, that you do. It, and it's called communion with God. Even though you don't necessarily think, "Well, I'm I don't, never thought of it as having communion with God." But um, that's kind of what we'll be looking at here tonight, and, and these parts here. It's, we looked at um, last couple of weeks the act of obedience of Christ. You know, his um, the works that he did. It was his life, his ministry. It was all perfectly righteous. And of course, that righteousness is needed for that righteousness to be transferred to the believers. And then there's a passive obedience, which you think of His sufferings or definitely the cross where He died. And those come together. And that's that righteousness that is needed, it's required. And so He did His requirement. He did His thing. He finished it. He said it is finished at the cross. And so that's His part. What's our part? We have requirements and we know that we cannot perform to please God on our own. And so um, what we're going to do is kind of show a little bit of what is required to be performed on our part. And this is where the saints, the believers, really (laughs) cordially invite the righteousness of Christ to be at the forefront of our thinking because His righteousness is complete and perfect. And that's what makes us acceptable before God. And there's like six things that we'll be looking at. And as we think of this, think of it as we approve of these things that God has done. We approve. I was going to put the board out. Couldn't find a marker. And then Zach has so many good things written on there, I didn't want to mess it up again. I messed up his Ten Commandments last week. You remember that? Wiped it all off. I had to apologize Sunday. But anyway, he put it out in a different way. Ah, no, nah, I can't take that off. Approve. We approve his righteousness, then consider, consider we consider that righteousness, and then rejoice in it. And so, all of those really are in each one of these six. First two are going to be very closely related to each other. And the other one's going to be dealing with approving and valuing and rejoicing and the peace and the exalt exaltation of Christ and glory. of to God. So, let's pray. Father, we thank you. You're certainly a tremendous God. And we're here to ponder and think on these things that you have done and are doing. Give us high thoughts of God. Give us the thoughts of Christ. Give us th- where the Holy Spirit will be able to bring those these things to light in our Minds and our thinking, and our living, and may it produce saints, believers that are stronger in You, that will glorify You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Lots of Scripture again. It's what we do every week instead of being one particular text. We're just going all over the place. The first one is the saint's full conviction of the necessity of righteousness. That means we know... That we have to have Christ's righteousness, we have to have it, um, and this is always in our thoughts. There's probably not a day that goes by when you fail to think about, or, or when you when you actually are thinking that, man, I need His righteousness because mine is not good. It's never can't be accepted by God but the righteousness of Christ can be. And our whole lives are really on that. It's fixed on that. Uh, we, We know there's a necessity of righteousness. That's what God really, really wants to put into our hearts. And when you first become a Christian, that's really what should be brought forth in the Gospel, shouldn't it? That your righteousness does not come up to par with what God expects. And we think of the holiness of God's nature. We think of His law. We think of His uh, wrath, the severity of, of, of that. And one who doesn't know Christ is not convicted of this thought. He's not convicted of sin. He doesn't see a holy God. This is dealing with our, our nature here. And so it starts with that. Have you guys gone through days where, you know, you, you think, oh, Man, if it were not for Christ, I'd be nothing. I'd be nowhere. Do, do you get the sense of sin sometimes? <laughs> do you get convicted of that? And you see the need of Christ's righteousness. Go to Habakkuk chapter one, verse thirteen. Your eyes are too pure to approve evil and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. Why do you look with favor on those who deal treacherously? Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those the more righteous than they? There Habakkuk is asking some questions of God actually. Oh, thanks Bob. And he, Habakkuk tells him, you're too pure to look upon wickedness and evil and sin. In one sense, that that is true, right? So why does He put up with it from all the sinners? All the unbelievers. Habakkuk is is asking Him that, but He gives a fact that He puts right straight forth. Your eyes are too pure to approve evil. And you cannot look on wickedness with favor. Why are You doing it, God? Why don't You just wipe it all out? Yeah. So he, he definitely is approving of God's holiness, His purity. That's the nature of God. So when you think of Him, then you compare Him with us, it's like, boy, we are far short. But we need this righteousness to appear before God. And that's what finally got uh, Martin Luther. All those years he was going after God, he thought, and trying to do everything. And then he realized that he could never please God. And that's what made him mad at God, because he knew God was holy, he was not. He knew God demanded perfect righteousness, and he knew he didn't have it. That's what we need to put forth to unbelievers, isn't it? I mean, that's the message. That's where it starts. They need to know as a holy God. The second one is really a lot like the first one. The saints weigh their own righteousness in the balance. And they find it lacking. It's always like it's falling short, right, of God. And his righteousness, God demands perfect righteousness. Be perfect. Father in heaven is perfect. Be perfect. Only through Christ. So Philippians chapter 3, 8 through 10, we can identify with this. This is Paul. This is us. Verse 7 But whatever things were gained to me. Those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Here we go. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I mean, everything. That is the supreme value, isn't it? Everything else is nothing. Everything else is nothing compared to the value of knowing Christ We want to know Him Knowing more, don't we? For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ, and may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. That's why the Puritans were so sound on their knowledge of who they were as compared to who God is, and they knew they always fell short. But they just didn't stay there. I mean, they always come back and they magnify God's grace when they do that. Of course, that's what this is going to do. But, you know, when we think this way, it brings us to humbleness. It keeps our souls humble when we think how righteous God is and we're not, we need Him. We sense our own vileness, we sense our own sinfulness. So there's the particular of it all is that, um, like here, it's like rubbish. Um, go to Isaiah 64 6, and we see the general aspect in our Philippians 3. But in Isaiah 64 6, it's, it's specifics. And even when we think we are good, Here it is, the way that man thinks, even in his righteousness. Now, O Lord... 4-6, right? For all of us become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Now, first of all, that would be a believer. Or an unbeliever. But even an unbeliever realizes that if he's counting on his own righteous works for that to please God without christ's righteousness, which we that's what we talked about in the last couple of weeks, that righteousness of ours is is nothing right that's that's kind of the idea. Our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment, nothing so the that um, our best works that we can have if they be on their own, we would perish. So there are the first two. They're related. We've talked about that many, many times. But that's a good place to start. Have you ever felt that way that you really fall short of God's glory? When you confess your sins, do you realize that? Now, do we just stay in that all day long? No. But that's a good thing to know. Is saying, well, really? That's, that's good to know. That <laughs> yeah, it is. It keeps us it keeps us humble. Keeps us healthy. And then it makes us start looking at Christ. And then the value of who He is, as we have already seen that He values us. But here, we approve of, we value Him. We not only approve of that righteousness that He has given us, we approve of that, don't we? Thank You, Lord. Thank You for that righteousness. But we value that righteousness, don't we? I mean, that's the treasure. And not only value it, but we rejoice in it. You know, when when you um, when you worship alone, you do that. You you approve of what he's done for you when you're thanking him. You're you're valuing what he's given you, and you rejoice in it. When you worship together, think of the, the church when it comes together on a Sunday morning and we're valuing His preciousness to us and talking about His righteousness, right? We're singing about His righteousness. We approve of that heartily, we value it heartily, and we rejoice in it, don't we? So, we go to Isaiah 45, 24. I like that book, Isaiah. What do you think of that? Is that one of your favorite books? Yeah. It's a good name, isn't it? 45-24, Forty-five, twenty-four. they will say of Me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Men will come to Him, and all who are angry at Him will be put to shame. In the Lord all the offspring of Israel will be justified and will glory. So here you see the vast difference between the believers and unbelievers. But only in the Lord is righteousness and strength. That's where we find righteousness uh, and strength. Here is righteousness indeed. Right here it's in Christ. So, go to the New Testament. Turn to Matthew 13. happens to be a parable chapter. Matthew 13 is a parable chapter. All of them are parables. A lot of them there. In
1: 13, verse 45,
0: verse 46... pearl a great price. Again, the king of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. It's great value, right? And upon finding one pearl of great value, great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. That's how valuable this was. It was more than anything he had. He was willing to give up everything for this pearl of great value and that's comparing that's to Christ we give up everything for him because he is precious he is of tremendous value so do we approve of Christ yeah we not only approve of but what do we do we value him and not only value him but what rejoice in him So really, the requirements that we have for having communion with Him, it's recognizing who He is, how valuable He is, and thinking that He's ours. And we rejoice in that tremendously. Boy, to a poor, laboring soul, this has got to be refreshing, isn't it? It's like water to uh, somebody in a desert who's been thirsting for days. People who have fought for rest. They found none. And then they find this, this pearl of great price. Or like the hidden treasure out in the field. And uh, they become surprised. They become amazed. They can't... Nothing can contain their joy. I mean, it's just overriding. And so they approve of Christ's righteousness, they value it, and they rejoice in it. So, let's move on. That's about His righteousness. Let's look at two things here of this, what the saints approve of, and rejoice and value in this righteousness that He's provided. Two things we're just going to look at. One of them is going to be wisdom. Second one is going to be as full of grace. Let's go to First Corinthians one twenty four. If he, we value him, what does he have? What does he have? Well, a lot of things. Twenty four. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, those who are called, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So, to the ones who are called, they understand that He is our wisdom. We can sit here and read these Scriptures and we can understand these. We can understand it with depth. Take somebody off the street who doesn't know God, can they understand these thoughts? These are the highest thoughts in the universe. It's all been revealed. It's right here. And w- when we have Christ, we inherit His wisdom. Now, granted, it needs to be. We need to study to make that wisdom come out. We need to be able to live it. It's taking His um, His high thoughts and then being able to produce them and, and live those. He's full of infinite wisdom. Uh, Romans 11.33. After you've gone through almost all 11 chapters of Romans and sovereignty of God and the very deep thinking of God, he comes to this conclusion in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the what? Wisdom, the depth of God's wisdom, Christ, And knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His ways.
2: Well, see, when you're talking about the wisdom of God, <laughs> I have a little, you know, I mean, I, it's not like wisdom like we think about wisdom. You know, when you say to yourself, okay, I have a choice here. What's the wise thing to do?
1: Well, you better ask
2: God because it's probably not what you're thinking. You know, when you look at the Gospel, the wisdom of God was to have his son die.
0: That's opposite.
2: I mean, he could have done anything. But... (laughs) So when we, you know, when we think of wisdom, good, could. Define your terms, God's wisdom. That I like this one because you can't figure it out. That's where all that faith comes in, because God doesn't make any sense to me for real. I mean, I read I mean and I look and I wonder. I just... My head. He goes there's, way, a, there's a song, um, Thy Will Be Done. She she thinks about man. I got some plans. I got some ideas. I got some things I got to do here, and you're just not following through here. So you know, I just throw my hands up and say that will be done
0: because I don't get it. <laughs> because his wisdom always works, right? Yeah. But it is. It is. It a, uh, it's against the way that natural man thinks, yeah. and even as a Christian, you know, we we still don't think the way that God thinks in a lot of ways, but all of a sudden He starts molding us here and there and like we're studying the apostles on Sunday, you know, and we see how He molded them as they developed. And of course, the Holy Spirit came and, and they were very much changed men. They started thinking the way that Christ was thinking, but it's a long way to go yet, even for them at that at that time. But yeah, Christ is the wisdom. The depth of it is we, we can't measure it. How how much wisdom is it? It's always so much further than we can even imagine. The depth of it. God's God's a holy God, God's a righteous God.
3: The darker the world gets, the brighter God's wisdom
0: shows through yeah. can we can take comfort in that, can't we? I think so. So whenever it gets darker and darker, it's
1: like it gets are talking, brighter and brighter.
3: We're talking mm-hmm. nonsense mm-hmm. and trash and goofiness and idiot. You know, just just really crazy thoughts and things that people are saying. You know, and I mean, even supposed
1: smart
3: smart the right. people. the wise people. The weak, <coughs> you know. And so, it's like, daily news shows that foolishness. Well, right foolish,
1: problem.
3: <laughs> shows that foolishness. Yeah, yeah. I don't even really really pay that much attention anymore. All but, I was talking
2: back to the TV the whole time. Yeah, but it's,
3: it, it's, it's like God's life just, you know,
2: Shows how they despise it.
0: It's like a, a backdrop of of total blackness. Yeah. And his and it's and it's all empty and
3: vain. Thoughts. You
0: know, it's like... And therein yeah. lies our hope, doesn't it? So ourselves. Ourselves, you know? <laughs> that magnifies like like you say, well it magnifies God. Uh, go to Colossians two three. It's infinite wisdom. It's a prayer here. Paul would have it's his desire that he has for the verse two says that their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ Himself. Now here's verse 3. In whom are hidden all the treasures of what? Wisdom and knowledge. The whole world is after wisdom, always been after wisdom, or so-called wisdom, right?
3: Who's the one that, that talked about, one of the old dead guys, you know, that you <laughs> talked about turning over the leaves to to learn more, uh, right, to uncover God's mind? You
0: know, uh, Luther. Was it him? Yeah. See, yep.
3: it's, the, the key to that, I think, there says, in whom are hidden all the treasures oh. of wisdom. You know, they are we are they are to be sought out, they are to be searched and laid you know, we need to strive to you know
0: that. I like that. You
3: know, that's what I
0: and that goes along with that parable. Like the man finds that yeah. pearl or yeah. the out in the field is yeah, that hidden had, treasure.
3: Really had to, had to search. Really
0: had to But when you're a Christian, that. when you discover Something of a a truth that you hadn't really thought of before, and it's like a light comes on. Isn't it? Isn't it precious? God did
1: that.
0: (laughs) That's right. He just showed you something. He did that. That wasn't that wasn't just our own minds thinking, but all of a sudden he's showing it. That that's an incredible thing. And so he opens it up. I I like that. If you back up a little bit, it says, attaining to all the wealth. You know, we don't know how. Rich, we really are. You know, we can say all these things, but sometimes I don't think we really believe it. But he says all the wealth that comes, but how does it come? From the full assurance of understanding. <clears throat> you know, we're in, we understand a little bit. We understand a little bit more. But there's a full assurance when we come to that. It's and resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery. Of course, really, God's mystery is Christ Himself. And, and everything, and then he says that's where everything is at. And mankind through technology is doing amazing things. God can use that technology, it's tremendous. All the things that's going on in the world, I mean, there's just amazing inventions. And compare that with the treasure of Christ and His wisdom, and not, it goes much further. By the way, all the stuff that's being invented and all the different technology that we have today that's just tremendous. Yeah. Time saver stuff. Can you imagine how weak that stuff is going to look like when we have glorified bodies? We won't need phones. Mm-hmm. We, we'll mm-hmm. be able to connect with whoever we want to at, at any moment, go where we, we want at any moment.
1: Karen, well, and I
0: just, yeah, We'll just
2: yes. immediately be where we want to be.
0: We won't have to put gas in the oh, car. Co- co- Karen
2: and yeah. I, I just said that jacket, and she said something about a computer. And she said, how we don't need anything like that anymore? That's
0: right. That's right. And whenever a computer gets old or having to pay for Internet all the time. <laughs> you know,
1: it's uh, you know, talking about the wisdom of God, and I think it's really cool how God has revealed Himself. He's given us, like, He's given us the ability to understand bits of His wisdom through the things that he created in the world that we've taken, the things that he's created, the material, like even in a scientific form, like how you talk about internet, and cars, and technology, and all that. We didn't create any of it, it was already here. God, even in the Old Testament, says to one, who blessed the ability to um, make music, and then another blessed the ability to have art, to be able to be artistic. And it's, it's not that they were just like, Oh, I'm just gonna create these things. No, it was a gift given and then through God's wisdom we were able to use what was we already given to us. And then he's talking about I mean, not understanding the fullness of God and his wisdom. But in Christ, you know, in Christ God has given us Christ which gives us like complete understanding through the Holy Spirit. So He's given us wisdom beyond understanding which is why the like average people Talk to like intellectuals and really stump them. They're yeah, sure they're intellectual, worldly, but we have wisdom beyond understanding, we're backed by the Holy Spirit. So we have wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit that no one can stop. I think that's just, I we keep talking about it, I just keep thinking that in my head, just like we can understand God through Christ, but we can't understand all of God because we're not yet. Able to understand all those things kind of, that have that body or the brain that you endure. And then
0: when we get that, yeah. we'll be able to understand more, and it'll take an eternity to an understand eternity. all the things that God. I mean, that is incredible. Yeah. That's a story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's true.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's overwhelming. It's like, Lord, that's, that's enough right now. That's, you know, <laughs> hold on, hang on. It I only take so much.
2: Well, even that little bit like you're talking about, that little bit of wisdom that God gives us, when you're sharing with somebody else, I don't know how it works with everybody else, but for me, stuff comes out of my mouth and I don't even know where it came from. It just flows. I
1: forgot I even knew that. Where'd that come from? And they try to referral and you say, well, here Yeah, 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 I'm here in Galatians, whatever. Yeah.
3: Yeah, sometimes children who. Are taught in the Bible and taught about God and things like that can remind us grown ups about things at times that are pretty <laughs> profound, you know, or call us on something, you know, or call us out or, or or give wisdom from the mouth of babes. Right, say, where, right. You know, right. Uh, because they, you know, they've been, they have that just. They're like sponges, you know, just soaking it in. Yeah, absolutely.
1: They just take all
0: They're good, stuff good reminders on. To, to us going on, uh, about the, the purity of God. That's this. This is high thoughts, isn't it? I mean, the, with His infinite wisdom, and then the next one is is full of grace. Now to have a complete righteousness that is provided to us, right? We studied in the past couple of weeks Christ's righteousness, his life, his death. It's transferred to us. And yet there's an abundance of grace that is just manifested. It's exceedingly manifested. It just delights the soul, this grace. Uh, God, just, I mean, everywhere, he assures us that his righteousness is of grace the righteousness that he gives us is of grace it's by grace definitely no more works the riches of grace Oh Ephesians 2 Ephesians 2 7 through 9 this is this is really refreshing so that in the oh I'm got to pick it up at uh, verse 4 but God being rich in mercy Oh, don't you like that? In the ages to come, He might show the surpassing riches to put on display His riches of grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Familiar with that one, right? It's from the riches of grace. The riches of grace. Look at, oh, this right here, this Titus 3. This Titus 3 is amazing we were in Titus I don't know it, it's probably been a few years ago now seems like only a year or two ago some of you guys remember that we were actually in Titus yeah. time just keeps on going through but this passage from 4 through 7 just do a little bit of expository work in it just a little bit it'll be real quick but when the and I've got these words here. We're under uh, number three, right? Where it says grace, full of grace. Catch these words. But when the kindness of God, our Savior. Now the word kindness there is crestastes Christotes is what it is. Which means goodness. It's kindness, a super kindness. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared... Now that word love, I think the word there is philanthropia, which we get our English word philanthropist. Right? And that is one for just uh, a a goodness toward mankind, relieving people, uh, assisting people, uh, Helping them, whether it be financially and materially, uh, in in whatever ways that they can get as far as help is concerned, it's uh, that is the kind of word that we have there. His love for mankind, and that's just I think right there the whole all of mankind. Of course, he definitely has a specific love for his people, but there it is. There is his love for mankind appeared, and as he constantly keeps on giving. He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, our righteous, but according to His mercy. And the word there is Elias. And that's mercy. It's forgiveness. It's compassion. Not giving them what they deserve. Really feeling for them. So how were we saved? By His mercy. He looks down upon us and He has mercy upon us when we deserve wrath by the washing of regeneration renewing by the Holy Spirit whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that being justified by His grace and there's the word charis grace that's that grace that we're focusing on here it's undeserved so that being justified by His grace we would be made heirs According to the hope of eternal life. It's a trustworthy statement. Well, those words there, crestates, philanthropia, eleos, charos, big words, that's what he did. That's a way of grace, kindness, mercy. We can't boast on ourselves. It's, it's all of kindness of God our Savior, it's all of the love that God has, His mercy, His grace. How bountiful. How great it is to see that goodness, right? The next one is number four. Is saints approve and rejoice as a way of peace and security to themselves. Sometimes we can have hope. Sometimes we can have a little bit of fear. Sometimes we can be in good condition, and then sometimes we feel like we're right at the edge. Sin and fear it can be. And I think of Isaiah 32 two. There we go again, Isaiah. We're in that book a lot tonight, aren't we?
1: Thirty-two,
0: two. Each will be like a refuge from the wind and a shelter from the storm. Like streams of water in a dry country. Like the shade of a huge rock in a parched land. Quiet, serene. Isn't that one? Of
3: pictures? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The streams in the
0: desert. Exactly. The streams. Yep. There was one actually called that. There was even a book called that. Streams in the Desert. It's a glorious future. What's Yeah. That's really what it it is. (laughs) Yeah. takes you right there. And of course, you know, it's pointing to that future, and that's really the, the context of that. It's the glorious future, but even right now, I mean, He is our refuge from the wind shelter from the storm he's like a stream of water to us it's like a you know a shade a huge rock and not only is a storm over but they're in a haven here that's abiding with peace that's a description of christ to a poor soul what a good place to go to whenever we're needing a hiding place a river of water a shadow that's perfect peace isn't it there again, that's Christ. All the souls, the believers, they exceedingly magnify Jesus Christ. When you think of those verses, does that does that make sense? <laughs> we we long for that kind of stuff, don't we? Sometimes we really need it. Quietness there, no fear. Ah, so another Isaiah twenty six three. Isaiah twenty six three. The steadfast of mind, you will keep in perfect peace. Because that one in perfect peace, trust in you. The the word you there is capital. That would be God. It seems like if you read that, it almost could be misunderstood. But we have perfect peace. Why do we have perfect peace? Because we're trusting in Him. Thy will be done, right? That's where you find your peace. This is Christ. The fifth one, saints approve this righteousness because it's a way and means of exaltation. I think the one scripture to go to there is the Revelation. Chapter 5, 11 through fourteen. Then I look. Heard the voice. Oh, 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 I know what this is. God the Father honors him and he will make him he makes him Lord, like in Philippians two, right? Now look at the. We're going to look at the angels now. God the Father honors Christ. The angels do. I looked, heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. The number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, "Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom." and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all things in them, I heard saying to Him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be blessing, and honor, and glory, and dominion for ever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. There's angels. Can you imagine worshiping with angels one of these days? Boy, that I mean, everybody knows about this praise right here. I mean, this is about as powerful as it gets. So the angels will will honor Him. We approve of Him. But this is the best way of exalting, isn't it? Think of that. Exalting God. And of course, man does that to the saints all over the world. Do that. Revelation 1, 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to Him who loves us and released us from our sins by His blood. And He made us to be a kingdom priest to His God and Father. To Him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is John saying this. And he says this from the seven spirits and from Jesus Christ also. So it's from John, it's from the Holy Spirit, it's from Jesus Christ. And there is the high and lifted up uh, Christ. Uh, uh, Revelation 5:8 through 10. Here are the saints. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures, the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp, golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song, saying. Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Is that high praise? So the saints approve of His righteousness. They value it. They uh, rejoice in it. Because His righteousness means He's exalted. The righteousness that He gives us. That's great, solemn worship. Honor and glory to Him. Sixth one. Saints approve this righteousness, and it's kind of like what we just talked about there, but it brings glory to God. The righteousness of Christ through His life and through His death is then put forth, given to us. We approve of that, we value it, we rejoice in it, and when we rejoice, we're actually giving glory to God.
3: I like how you put the bookends of uh, Philippians 3.8 in the front and in the back. In the beginning and the end.
0: Read that, Bob. Huh? I
1: skipped it.
3: <laughs> uh, well, started with verse 7, actually. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Then it goes verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for His sake I have suffered the loss of all things, count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ.
0: Thank you, Bob. (laughs) I missed that.
3: that that. I hadn't even thought about that. You tied it together. You tied it. Yeah. The Lord
0: worked that, I guess. Owen maybe probably did that. <laughs> Owen, oh, okay. <laughs> but I never yeah, I hadn't even really thought of that at the very end because that's the very last scripture well, I would, we have. I,
3: start, I went, you know, I did my little thing where I read ahead and I thought, we well, read that tonight already. And then I looked up there and, yeah. so that well, kind of keeps the humility and, you know, keeps our perspective.
0: And but. so we start with that, we end with it, and, and there we are. We now have our minds off of ourselves, yeah. and guess where they're at? Where they need to be, anyway. <laughs> Bringing glory to God. they uh, all the properties of God, the character of God. It's, I think it's exceedingly glorified as we see the pardon, the justification, how He's accepted us. So you think about this, and that's what you do. You you approve of it. Oh, I approve of what He does, right? You consider on it. You, you think about it. And then you rejoice in the ways and the means and how He's done this. Do you guys approve of Christ's righteousness?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Not only that, do you value in it? It is. And it's just like what you just read in the Philippians three. Everything else is like nothing compared to who Christ is. and Of course, we took it all the way to Revelation with all that exaltation and, and the the awesomeness of who He is. And then look where He puts us. Puts us in the in the proper place. We're in Christ. Where else better could we be? It's all about Him. Thank you guys for coming out tonight. Get to rejoice a little bit. Always rejoice. And talk about God's Word. So Bob, would you, uh, would you close us? Yes. Thanks.
3: Heavenly Father, uh, our, uh, our minds are on You now and Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, because of what Your Spirit does in His teachings. and uh, We... We're so grateful that you do. You teach us through your word, and thank you for the pastor who is our facilitator. That you give him the gift to teach, and that we can receive um, and learn from, and gain some bits of wisdom gain more understanding of uh, the Lord because we know from your word, Lord, that you tell us to, to, you know, everything is about knowing you and you know, we're going to be your people. We need to, uh, we need to know and understand you and what you would have us be in your family. So Lord, I don't know, give us uh, the right perspective uh, that we would be mindful of what we've learned today and then also to um, walk it out in practical ways and to be a witness of Christ to others. Help us to have uh, nobility about our Christianity, uh, integrity, and uh, wisdom to carry on, and to walk in the footsteps of our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.
0: Yeah, through that study, it's just like, all the time I'm asking, well, how can I commune better with Him? And a lot of times, you're actually doing it, and you don't even know it.
3: <laughs> At least you're you to do that. I mean, yeah. That's probably what gets you there.
0: Right. It gets you there from your, your longings. Sometimes you ever felt like you're lacking in doing that? You want to, but it just doesn't seem like you're doing
1: it?